Welcome to Inspired Chi Radio with your hosts, A.J. Johnsack and Tracy Sanginetti. In this program, we explore what makes you a powerful soul by learning to connect with your guides and master your own energy. It's time once and for all to get rid of the obstacles in your life that are keeping you from being the true soul you are meant to be. Now, here are your hosts, Tracy and AJ. Hello, and welcome to Inspire Chi Radio, the place to start your week inspired. My name is AJ Johnzak. And I'm Tracy Sanginetti. And together we are Inspire Chi. And we are thrilled and excited to introduce you to tonight's guest. Uh, this is significant for us. This is a topic we've wanted to uh, discuss, and it's a hometown group, which is even more exciting. Uh, Tracy, do you want to introduce the group since you have, you found this for me? You know I wanted this. Well, I can't take the credit. This, <laughs> my mother found this for us, so uh, shout out to Terry Sanginetti. But um, tonight we have John Levy, the founder of Old City Paranormal, who's going to be joining us to tell his story and how he had gotten into the journey of Philadelphia police officer moving into his own paranormal group that do investigations for the local area and beyond and have a lot to do with a lot of uh, nonprofits in the area. You know, doing this, taking the logic of a police officer and applying it to the paranormal and taking it back to serve the community. And I love that combination of both the science and the spiritual, both the um, you know debunking what we might think we're seeing from a cop standpoint of, now here's the investigative trail. So John, welcome. We're really very, very excited to have you. Hey, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And as always, we'd like to hear how you got started on this journey. You woke up one day or you were on the beat one day and you said, huh, I think I want to go take my investigations in a different direction. How did that come about? So it's a it's an interesting story, especially um, how I got involved with doing a lot of the talk shows and, and news stations and whatnot. So um, everybody has that uh, the interest in the paranormal, ghost hunting. Is it really real? Um, you know, you're thrill seekers. So um, I, I like it because uh, – you know, it, it, it fulfills my uh, quest for is the paranormal real? And I found it to be real, really real. Um, now, when I was in patrol, um, it was in the summertime. My parents have a place down the shore. And I, you know, where I, where I work and my, where my mom lived, it, it bordered. So I want to use my mom's restroom and check on the house. So, you know, I go upstairs and with nobody home. Laughingly, I leave the door open, which you don't do when you go to the bathroom. But um, my grandfather's room was right next door to the bathroom. And out the corner of my eye, I see my grandfather pass. And it kind of didn't startle me to, as, a, as a scare kind of way, but I knew it was him. And, uh, you know, I called my mom down the shore. Now, my family's Polish by ethnicity, and we called my grandfather Josh. So... You know, I told my mom what happened, and she was kind of laughing. I was like, well, this isn't funny. It's kind of got me a little bit here. So she said, you know, I felt your grandfather's presence in the house. So, yeah, that kind of really got me going. Um, and at that point in time, I was just in the beginning phases of, of uh, getting into the paranormal field. How old were you at the time? I, uh, what you're describing to me sounds like clairvoyance. 
you know, being yeah. able to not only feel that presence, but see that. And a lot of times we see people who have that in childhood, mm -hmm. but then dismiss it with their logic as they yep. grow. And then it seems to come back a little bit later. So I'm curious when that occurred for you. So I was probably maybe uh, in my mid twenties. No, yeah, late, late twenties. Cause I got on a police department when I was 25. So I would probably say my late twenties. And had you had a strong connection with your grandfather when he was alive? Um, well, my mom was a single parent when I was growing up. So my grandfather would pick my brother and I up from school a lot. I used to go to St. Adelbert's parish or now it's our lady help of Port Richmond. Um, and, uh, yeah, he would pick us up. He would, and, uh, when I was a kid, he'd come up, my, my friends would say, hey, your grandpa's here and give me some pennies back in the day when recess, you would have penny fishes and licorices <laughs> and stuff like that. So he, yeah, he was, he was a big part of my life, you know? And I think that's significance. Um, and that's what we find when clients come to us, they're trying to connect with somebody that was significant at, a, at particular times of their lives. And certainly, Hey, you got two single moms here. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll get that. And you're always looking for some, uh, some of the elders in the family to kind of look after the kids. So that, yeah. that's pretty significant. Have you since been visited by him? No. no. I used to have a lot of dreams. I mean, people do say you get visited in your dreams. Right. Um, somewhere in time, I think I had, I had closure. So I, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't seen him since then. Well, and they play a role. They come and they do their yeah. thing. And yep. maybe that was just enough to spark your curiosity and say, there's something to this and the message was brought to me by somebody I trust. Yeah. Yeah. In a safe way. In a safe way. Receive that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. So then, you know, you move from your bathroom and, and start meeting other people. Uh, what was that conversation like? Did you share that information with uh, other cops on the force or and did um, you find that they were going, yeah, listen, we see everything on the job. That doesn't surprise me. Or John's, lost his mind. or John's lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's funny because um, it, it first started. Um, I always got my stuff. My, you know, I got my, you know, what's broken at work all the time. Well, you know, you said you had family of police officers, and yeah. and um, you know, you have to have thick skin as a police officer. So yeah, I mean, we really got my stones broken. And the first time that that story got out about my grandfather. Um, our captain, uh, Michael Cram, who's now an inspector in the police department, he was doing a ride along with a, a gentleman, I think from the Daily News. And he had, uh, there was a, uh, a warehouse that, what I believe it was told that was part of a Revolutionary War hospital, if I'm not mistaken, off of Germantown and Gerard. And um, there was a story where, and it was true because I spoke to the officers, um, that uh, the guy had come to our district saying that he was getting a phone call, someone saying, help me. So he came to our district and officers went to that location and, uh, you know, there was nobody there. It was the, the building was totally screwed. But with that, my story came because then he contacted Stephanie Farr from the Daily News. And uh, that's where I first broke with the story with my, my grandfather. And that's how it got out into the public. And that's when, you know, we really started to kick things off with Old City Power Home. How long has the group been in existence now? Ten years. So, wow. um, yeah. Well, I was actually, I, I started with another group in Delaware County. And I'm kind of an innovator. So I was coming up with different ideas. And a lot of this, a lot of people do this. Uh, it's nonprofit. We don't ask for no money. 
And I was coming up with different ways on how to, uh, you know, raise money for our equipment, uh, replace equipment, fix equipment. And, um, yeah, my, my ideas weren't being met. So I kind of felt like that stepchild. So, um, you know, I also tried to get my old partner at the time, uh, Steve Rotundi, who actually started Old City Paranormal with me. And, um, you know, it looked like you know that name. <laughs> I do know that name. Continue. <laughs> yeah. He was my tattoo artist, good friend of mine. And uh, I asked him to be a part of this group, and they said we weren't taking anybody at this time. Lo and behold, the next investigation we went to, um, they bought a new person and introduced that person. So uh, needless to say, that's when I left them. And we started Old City Paranormal and some of the stories that I explained to you guys already. And we hit the ground running, uh, and, and we haven't looked back. So it's been very pleasurable and at the same time rewarding to not only us, but to people in the community as well. Well, and a little bit later in the show, we're going to specifically ask you about uh, membership and what events you have coming up. And But for right now, I, I would like to... Um, and again, for folks who are listening, if you're not aware of where we are coming from, um, we're all based in, in the Philadelphia area. So Philadelphia, of course, all you very historic. Uh, of course, we think it's the center of the universe. <laughs> Anybody from Philly would say, yo, you know, everything happens here. Uh, but we live in such a, an historic area between historic Philadelphia and Fort Mifflin and Valley Forge and on and on and on and on and on. So there's no end to the number of opportunities of places that um, you have investigated, I'm sure. And uh, But each investigation, I would think, has its own different kind of energy. So I'm curious, when you go into a site, you know, and we were speaking a little bit about this ahead of the show, and you're being asked to investigate something. You're going in with your team and your equipment and a little bit of a background story. Are you able to, when you go into the location, sense instinctively if it is a good presence or a not so positive presence? And what has been your experience in that intuitive state when you enter any job? I actually don't have any kind of psychic ability except what you guys mentioned about seeing my grandfather. A lot of it, I base it off my uh, interview and my investigative interviews as a police officer. So one of the gifts I believe that God has given me is the ability to read a person's uh, physical appearance and, and their facial expressions. Sometimes you have people out there that can tell you a really good story and still keep a good face. Um, but regardless, we do the investigation because um, there are people out there that, that do suffer mentally from from uh, just uh, life in itself. And the question I pose back is, just because that person is experiencing stuff mentally, does that mean that there is nothing going on? Right. Honestly, we don't have an answer. So mm -hmm. another thing that you have to realize too is, um, I don't have the ability to see or, or hear things. So how can you tell somebody um, they're not experiencing what you can't see anyway? I mean, they're, they're the ones that are living or residing at this house, apartment, or maybe even a business um, that that they're at all the time. So regardless as to what it is, we, we, we give them the, the proper investigation. So do you find when you go into a situation and you've been told about it and you've even seen evidence about it, that the spirits behave when you're there? 
so that you come in and they're like, well, no, I don't see anything here today. And they're like, I swear it happened five minutes before you got here. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a great question because at that point, um, so you have two kind of haunts. You have your residual haunt, which is something that kind of your, your tape recording effect, something that would happen at the same time, the same place, the same uh, uh, characteristics. Um, and then you have your intelligent haunt where, you know, like you just specified, uh, you go into a place and, and these people maybe have interactions. Like maybe a lot of times people will say they conducted their own investigation or ask questions or um, they'll say, hey, look, leave me alone or, you know, do this or do that. And, and the entity would, would reply. You know, with that being said, um, when it comes to an intelligent haunt, um, do they know that we're coming? Do they know that these people made the, a call? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, a lot of times um, – We've got, matter of fact, a personal good friend of mine who, who, who he was a police officer who passed away. Um, we've been to his house four times. Uh, we've spoken to family members. We've spoken to friends um, that uh, individually, each person have had experienced something. We got there, they got absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, no, and, and it happened. So in that case, you, you almost want to deem it um, as an intelligent haunt, but without any kind of evidence physical or or uh you know audio or or video it's tough to deem a place as haunted i wouldn't do it justice if i did do that and and not have any kind of evidence to go inside with that Mm -hmm. so the residual would be like uh, a a tape recorder it's on a loop it just you know you hear the noises you might hear you know whatever it happens to be the energy of people who have been there tied to that location for one reason or another and then the intelligent you would uh, expect you could expect um, direct responses. That's correct. So is is John the barber still in this building? And, you know, give me a knock or something. And that would be the difference between the residual and the intelligent. That's correct. Do you find that, um, I'm going to leave you with a question, and we're going to stop in just a second and take a short break, but I'm going to leave you with a question. And uh, what can, what do you personally do to make sure that when you leave a site, you're not bringing anybody home with you. <laughs> so we're going to let you think about that for a moment. Uh, for anybody who does have somebody who's going out and, and uh, with any number of paranormal groups, um, something to think about. How are you protecting yourself energetically, psychically, spiritually? And we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission, a sense of purpose? Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. 
Listen to Mission Possible program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is Inspired G Radio. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to yourtruechi at gmail.com. Now, back to AJ and Tracy. And welcome back to Inspired Chi Radio. Uh, along with Tracy and myself, uh, we have John Levy of Old City Paranormal with us. This is a fascinating conversation, and we're going to get right back into it. John, before the break, I had asked you about how do you protect yourself spiritually, psychically, energetically when you're going either into a site or leaving a site to make sure that you're not carrying anything home with you. I mean, it's tough enough as a cop at the end of the day to leave the day behind, and that's just somebody you might have met that morning. But when you're going into an investigation of the paranormal, these are stories that have been going on for generations. So what do you do uh, to go home at night and say, okay, well, that was fascinating. That was interesting. We have to review all the evidence, but I'm done with it for tonight. So that, that's a great question because uh, at one time, um, when we first started, um, we would always uh, say to prayer, St. Michael, who is also the patron saint of police officers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but another instance where um, we, we got a call for somebody that um, was allegedly having possibly demonic possession. So I never dealt with anything like that at the time. So where I live um, at the time, we were a part of the St. Jerome's Parish uh, here in, in the Northeast. And uh, I asked to speak to a priest. And uh, when I had that moment, I sat down with the father and, and, told him what I, what I do and thought I was going to get kind of like a, okay, let's get out of here. Kid response. <laughs> but, um, believe it or not, it was a different response. Um, he understood what I was talking about. He understood exactly what I was about to get myself into. And with that, he took me into the sacristy and he had given me a host, um, to take with okay. me. It, it was also blessed. And he said to me, when you go into this place, uh, again, you know, don't mention it to anybody because, you know, you want to see if there's any truth or validation to what was, you know, being alleged. So when uh, he says, if you walk into this place, as soon as you walk in there with a blessed host, he goes, if there is any kind of demonic uh, activity going on or presence, you'll know as soon as you walk through that door. And when it happens, he said, do an about face and come back here. Um with that being said, uh, anytime there is uh, an actual uh, demonic possession, it has to actually go through the Catholic Church. Through the, each each uh, city is uh, has a archbishop um, that is 
designated to handle cases of this sort. Uh, long story short, um, we found out that this gentleman was actually suffering from not anything demonic, but more, uh, I wouldn't want to say abuse, but he had a, he had a past uh, growing up. And uh, we also had another group that got involved that had experience in it. But I, I, I took the case anyway to, to, get, to get experience. And it was deemed that this gentleman had a little bit more issues uh, rather than paranormal. Oh my goodness, that's so fascinating. And for folks again who are listening, it's so funny. Here in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area, regardless of what religion you are, what your background is, when you ask, well, which parish are you from? <laughs> that's how we delineate things, that, you know, areas in the city. It's just so funny. Um, and I was going to ask you about the equipment that you used. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to say that one piece of equipment that you used was a blessed host, but, you know. Yeah. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. That's, 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 that's fabulous. And for our audience that doesn't have experience uh, with the Catholic Church, can you just go into a little bit more about what a blessed host is? Yeah, a blessed host is uh, the bread you receive at communion. It's part of the, uh, the blood, which is uh, wine that uh, signifies the blood of Jesus Christ. And the host is uh, what would be uh, the body of Jesus Christ when he was at the Last Supper with the, uh, his apostles. So once again, we find in, in tonight's episode that there's always a mixture of spirituality. It doesn't have to be a, re, a specific religion, but it's a spirituality. It's a belief in a higher power along with the science of it, which is what I love. Uh, and I talk about the science of it, and I'd like to just spend a moment or two speaking about some of the equipment that you use, whether it's uh, an EMF reader, whether it's spirit boxes, whether, you know, whatever. Um because all of those signify activity in the energy field. So, John, speak to that, if you would, please. You know, talking about some of the different pieces of equipment or give us some stories about a piece of equipment that brought you the greatest success at a particular site. Well, one of them, and that's not that everybody always asks, we do not have proton packs. <laughs> <laughs> no, darn we, it. We do not have proton packs, no. Um, so, one, one of my... Uh, well, I, I, as a matter of fact, I bought my show and tell with me this morning. I don't know how well it's going to the show here. So it's very basic equipment. Um, one of the, 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 the pieces of equipment that aren't, that's not basic is, was made uh, by a friend of mine, Grayson Schmidt, who was uh, uh, part of our team. He's actually a, was a freelance uh, investigator that I had met through um, my good friend, Glenn Orwin. And, um, so this piece of equipment that I'm going to show you, 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 AJ, you said you watched some of the shows and one of the pieces of equipment that you would see would be a K2 meter. Yes. Um, also, another piece of equipment that you would see would be one of those thermal uh, uh, gauge, uh, temperature gauges. Mm -hmm. um, and also, which a lot of times they don't talk about in shows, but is used in theory, is the use of UV lighting. Um, now theory, and, and again, paranormal investigation, everything is based off of theory as, as is science in itself. So with that being said, um, Grayson came up with this, uh, it's called a modified K2. So basically it's three pieces of equipment in one, and I'll raise it up here for you guys. And I, I apologize for the people on radio. Um, so we got two different buttons. One button would control the UV lighting, which would, which would, you know, display up here. The other one would be, okay, that's the UV lighting. 
The other one would be, if you can hear it, so this is your, your modified K2, and up top here is, you can already hear it clicking. It's not there's a ghost here, it's just that it's picking up the electric, <laughs> electricity with, around us, mainly from the, the laptop here. So up top here, you can see the thermal temperature gauge. So the great part about this equipment that, again, was made by Grayson Schmidt was, um, so when you're having a, uh, an anomaly that, that's occurring, you want to have many different factors that take place to say, hey, yeah, we're having uh, an actual paranormal experience here. So one of them would be an EMF, the electromagnetic field. Uh, and then on top of that, like I said, we have the temperature gauge up here. So if you're getting a fluctuation within your meter and you're also seeing a temperature drop, um, to us as in a paranormal field is, they're very well, hello, very well maybe a paranormal experience taking place. So at that time you wanna take pictures, you wanna do voice recordings, so this, this piece of equipment, besides freeing up your hands um, with having multiple different pieces of equipment on you, uh, is just in one simple hand here. So it's a really, really cool piece of equipment. And actually, I think it costs about 350 to $400 to make back then. So I don't know. Um, I have to find out from Grace, and I'm sure prices went up. <laughs> so this is a really, really, really cool piece of equipment. Um, other equipment is just your basic uh, digital voice recorder that you can buy from anywhere, Walmart, Radio Shack, if they're still around. Um, we have uh, microphone enhancers. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, basic, you know, flashlights that have um, little lenses to it, like maybe blue lens, because you don't want your regular uh, white lens that's going to cast shadows, because if you're, you have your night vision cameras going, it could cause a, a fake positive. Uh, which, you know, you think you're seeing a shadow figure, but in all reality, you're, you're picking up one of your, your investigators. Um, and then you have, you know, your, there, there's a various array of, of EMS, EMF detectors that we have. Um, but one of the most important pieces of equipment I use is just my senses in all reality. Yes. You yes. know, again, I'm not a psychic, I'm not a medium, but, you know, your sight, um, your, the sound, your, the smell, um, you know, people may claim that, you know, um, they sense or they smell a perfume of somebody, maybe a deceased relative that wore that specific perfume. Um, or my grandfather or my uncle used to smoke cigars and I have, I, I smell that from time to time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's like I said, no proton packs. Um, we, well, they do have an obvious one of our investigators, Mike Ziol, who, who was actually his funny story. Like you said, everything comes full circle. Mike was actually a part of the old group that I used to be with. And um, needless to say, he's no longer with them for, you know, whatever reason is kind of like me. But um, Mike is a big person of the ghost box, ovulus, uh, white noise, whatever you want to call it. And uh, which is a really cool piece of equipment. I don't like to use it because to myself, it's very subjective. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a piece of equipment that cycles radio stations in and out at a very high frequency that, you know, what people claim to be white noise. So uh, my investigator wants to use it. That's fine. I'm not saying it, it doesn't uh, give out any validation to what people are experiencing, maybe names or, you know, whatever it may be they're trying to find. But myself, I, I don't use it. Again, my, my investigators want to. They're more than welcome. And each piece of equipment has its own significance in different places, perhaps, yep. you know, based on the conditions. 
um, I'd like to speak about some of the, the places that you've investigated locally. Um, how about Fort Mifflin? You've okay. been there. Um, and if you would explain to our audience, this is, this is a fabulous site, by the way. I have yep. been there just for a tour, not to do any ghost uh, investigation, but I did find myself going, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> yes. So Fort Mifflin, there's some places I can't, uh, just based off of confidentiality, I, I can't, I can talk about it. I just can't give the location. But Fort Mifflin being uh, historically known for the fort that saved America. Yes. Um, and um, as one of the probably, I don't know, maybe top, top 10 haunted locations in the United States. So uh, as, as, as an absolutely amazing investigation. It's actually, uh, if you haven't had the opportunity, and they're going through some difficulties now. So if you get an opportunity uh, for people listening, if you get an opportunity to go out there, and, and pay a couple of dollars to, to go visit the location or even give a donation. It's always appreciated. So uh, with that being said, we host um, Fort Mifflin. They have an event or all around Halloween time. The event we host is called Sleeping with the Ghost. And when you sleep with the ghost, you really are sleeping with the ghost. And I'll, I'll touch base on that in a minute. Um, so uh, we don't get any of the proceeds. Again, we everything we do is 100% free. But where we step in at is again, we're, we're helping a piece of, of American history. So we don't ask for anything. We host it. We talk about the experiences that uh, we've had there. we talk about, uh, we actually haven't physically invested investigated the location by ourselves, but um, we conducted some investigations as we're hosting it. And uh <laughs> One of the, the craziest things that, that happened there was the, I think it was the first year, um, there were some areas we weren't supposed to be at. And <laughs> yeah. They should have called so, us then. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we remained safe about it. So anyway, there were some people that were investigating. As a matter of fact, they were from your guy's area of, of Philadelphia. Uh, and... Uh, I actually interviewed them. So if, if anybody goes on our old city paranormal group on Facebook, you'll see the picture of Glenn and I at 96.5. We have a page that's totally different. Um, go into our video section and you'll see, I actually interviewed these people uh, right after the occurrence took place. So uh, they were in the officer's part of the quarters and they were upstairs where um, the fire had broken out. So uh, they were messing around with the doors and the windows and uh, needless to say, as they were walking by, the door the doors were locked, and the doors just flew open with an enormous amount of force. There was a gentleman that was standing behind him, and when he looked, he said he seen an apparition of a male, uh, just a shadow figure, standing behind the door. Um, so I actually heard the scream. Glenn was downstairs investigating with another couple, and he thought somebody had fallen through uh, this the ceiling up there so he glenn comes outside and again i'm watching from a distance and they explained to glenn what happened so i went over there and interviewed him um and again you'll you'll see the interview so there was a gentleman there that was brought to my attention who was a total skeptic he came all the way from uh, washington not dc washington state to come to this event um just to get to show people how much you know people really look into this so but again we'll talk about that when we come back John, I, I can't wait to hear the rest of that. We just have to take a quick pause for commercial and get right back into that story. Please stay with us. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Inspired Chi Radio. To reach the program today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to your true chi at gmail.com. Now, back to AJ and Tracy. Welcome back to Inspired Chi Radio. Uh, this is Tracy and AJ, and we have with us John Levy, founder of Old City Paranormal. And we are mid-story about a, an occurrence that happened in Fort Mifflin. So if you're, if you're catching this at the end, please catch the replay. John, continue. Yes, yeah, so uh, Glenn had brought to my attention that there was a gentleman that uh, came all the way from Washington State to uh, come to our event. And the gentleman was a skeptic. So I went over, and again, he's, he's on the interview as well. And, uh, you know, I said, so what happened? He goes, I, you know, I saw what happened. I, you know, I want to see if you guys kind of triggered something, if this was a setup, so forth. So when he goes, explains how he went around back, he checked the doors for wind tunnels. Even the doors back there were, were I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were locked. And I said, so what are your thoughts? And he said, I have no explanation. And I said, welcome to America's Most Haunted Location. Anyway, um, then just this uh, last year, last year's sleeping with the ghost event, I actually had work as a police officer. And I finished work, and uh, I got to Fort Mifflin, uh, maybe around midnight or so, was walking around introducing myself, and was tired from a long day's work. So I decided, I told my people that I was going to go lay down and go to sleep. And where I took a nap was where the soldiers' barracks were, and they have a little display in there. There's, there's some, uh, you know, benches for people to sleep on. But I went into the area, which would be considered the high enlisted officers. It was a very small room. So uh, I went to sleep, and, again, I was also in the military. So the experience that I had signified to me that I was being woken up to go stand watch. And what happened was the door was shut, and 
AJ, you said you've been a Ford man from before, so you know how the handles they have in there. They're very old, push down, metal piece pops up, very distinctive sounds. Yes. Didn't hear that. I'm a light sleeper. I'm not, I'm not a hard sleeper at all. I heard a single set of boot, of, uh, boot steps come towards me. Now, in the past, which you probably see in some of our videos, Glenn Orman, my good buddy, likes to play tricks on John Levy when he's sleeping. <laughs> so I thought it was Glenn Orman, and uh, I felt which would have been a leg nudge to my body as to get up. Now, again, I'm waiting to hear some giggling and laughing, and I don't hear anything. So I kind of peek up, and there's nobody standing above me. Sit up. There's nobody in the room. Needless to say, I kind of slithered back into my sleeping bag a little bit deeper. <laughs> um, so what happens 10 minutes later, which is on interview, which is on video, Glenn happens to come in, and um, you'll see that interview. He says, uh, man, you're not asleep. And I'm like, no, and I explained him what happened. He goes, yeah, you know, you're in a uh, you know, hole of four. And I said, yeah, you know, no kidding. But I said some other words <laughs> that we try to bleep out. <laughs> We're talking about this outside. And one of the staff from Fort Mifflin was there with us. And he said to me, can you please tell me what, what happened again? And I explained him what happened. He goes, a uh, paying customer that just came up to him and had the identical experience you had in the next room over. Oh, goodness. So you have two people that stayed in the same area, different rooms, that had the identical experience um, as to what happened. Needless to say, I want to talk to that person, but they left immediately after that incident. <laughs> so here's two, yeah, here's two pieces of, I mean, that's that now, now that, that solidifies and validates an actual occurrence. Uh, we didn't speak of it of each other. Um, never met this person for my life, but again, their story to the staff member was identical to mine. And it's often, uh, it's funny how often people will wait for somebody else to say what they've experienced because mm -hmm. they think, Oh, nobody's going to believe me. Maybe I imagined it. Yep. Uh, maybe, yeah, whatever, maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, I love the stories of the validation because for anybody who is skeptic, you can convince yourself of anything. But when multiple people are having the same experience, unbeknownst to each other, you, you can't get that many people um, colluding with each other <laughs> to say, no. let's all tell the same story. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. fascinating. And, uh, and everything is energy. Yeah. There, there's nothing negative in, in Fort Mifflin. I can honestly say we've never experienced, nor have I ever had any previous guests or any stories from that were given to the staff of anything negative to me. Now what happened there? Uh, I mean, could it have been an intelligent haunt? Could it have been a residual haunt? I don't know because, uh, uh you know, I, I don't know. I, I more feel towards intelligent because, it was actually interacting and touching another person. So that would be my, my uh, best guess on that. Um, but one of the other places besides Fort Mifflin, who isn't even out there in, in the spectrum of most wanted locations to the, to the world, but to Old City Paranormal, we investigated a old nursing school in, in North Philadelphia, and that's basically all the name I can give you. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh -huh. I saw that one. Yep. We and yes, we will post that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, we've, uh, okay. So our narcotics unit used to do investigations out of there. We, we used to do surveillance because of the area. And one of the narcotics officers 
told me, he's like, wow, that, that place is really haunted. I, didn't, I said, well, what happened? He goes, nothing. I just, it's just, it's weird. He goes, I spoke to um, the lady who was the administrator at the time. And lo and behold, that, that, you know, added me into the picture. She told me that a student had taken a picture of an apparition of a female, which was the uh, head administrator at the time. I said, well, how did you know it was her? She took me to a different part of the room and above, it was like the main area. Above the area was, above the fireplace, there was a picture of a lady and two gentlemen who were both founding fathers of, of the hospital. Um, she goes, that was her right there. So fast forward to the investigation, um, it was myself and her assistant because she couldn't make it that night. My wife was there who was also a member of my group who was a police officer. And one of my other investigators, they went to uh, go pick up some equipment. Um, meanwhile, um, it was kind of dead per se, my little joke. Um, <laughs> she, she uh, I, said her, I said, do you mind if we do some provoking? I said, you know, because the story was that the, the nursing administrator or the assistant had uh, some uh, affairs with the founding father. So I, I did some provoking based off of that. With that being said, um, I thought I heard, you know, if somebody comes back from a long walk, they go, you know, like a deep breath of sigh. Um, I heard that to the right side of me. And I said to her, I said, did you hear that? And she said, no, what did you hear? And I looked up the hallway because I thought my wife and, and, and my, my investigator was coming back. And uh, I said, it sounded like somebody sighed next to me. Uh, with that being said, I was touched in a, in a low, uh, lower right side of my back. Um, startled me a little bit. Um, turned around and looked to see maybe... Uh, you know, if I was laying against the wall, if anything protruding had touched me, but I was standing at least a good foot, maybe a good foot and a half from the wall. Now I'm going to fast forward real quick to the next investigation here because it's going to have significance to what I'm about to tell you guys and your hair is going to stand up. Never have we had, I have, or anybody I've spoken to had a, a direct response EVP from a previous investigation. With that being said, uh, myself and, and Steve Rotundi went to this area, same area, and we started an EVP session. So one of the questions I asked were, uh, were you the person that touched me? The EVP response we got back was, did it hurt? Oh. Yep. So again, we're talking about someone's exes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, and we had some other funny stories where, you know, uh, now, again, this was a part of an, uh, an active hospital. And some nurses and doctors on the breaks heard that we were there they came in, they wanted to investigate with us. Sure, absolutely, come on in. Uh, needless to say, if you've ever seen a nurse run down or jump down four flights of steps, uh, <laughs> because she was grabbed, she was touched. Her, she was touched on her leg, and I was downstairs. And we were having an open investigation at night, and she would not go back in that building. Um, I mean, I can go on. There's there so many occurrences that happened at this building. It's a shame we can't go back in there, but they had a new head of security that, that's not allowing it. But um, this, this location... Shadow of a doubt would probably even top four Mifflin without a shadow of a doubt. So, John, um, we could talk about this all day. Absolutely. But before we, we leave this episode, why don't you tell our guests what Old City Paranormal has in store for 2020 and some of your, you know, pet nonprofits that you do some work for in the area? Cool. So, um, every year we, we host Sleeping with the Ghosts. Um, again, that's at Fort Mifflin. Uh, if you go to fortmifflin.us. It might even be up now for this upcoming year's investigations. Um, Graham Park, which is another place we haven't had a chance to talk about, but maybe another time. Um, they also hold events around Halloween time, which is, again, all these locations 
this goes towards funding America. Uh, these sites are losing federal funding. There's no funding out there. So with the help of the community and us, um, we're raising thousands and thousands of dollars for each place. One of the last uh, things that we do, actually Glenn Orwin does, and I give him all the credit, is Voorhees Animal Shelter. Uh, again, we have a lot of, as AJ said, a lot of four-legged uh, friends out there that could use new families. So instead of getting those puppies, which we're not saying not to, um, there's a lot of cats and dogs out there that, that need saving. So Voorhees Animal Shelter is a no-kill shelter. It's a nonprofit. And it's also on our Facebook page, too. So you can go out there and check that out and, and go save a life. And we're going to have all the links to um, Old City Paranormal uh, on our site and share that with our audience. For anybody who would be interested in finding out um, more about your group, let me ask the question I know many people are probably sitting here thinking of, which is, are you accepting new members? <laughs> we, we just took in Mike. Mike's the old. Um, as of right now, we're, we're not, um, but, uh, we, you can always put in a, a, we you can't even say an application. Jeez. You can just send us an email to old city yahoo.com, or you can hit us up on our Facebook group. Um, and you know, get out there and, and, and support these historical sites. They really need it. And I think that's so significant because, um, we, we come, we are in such uh, an historical area. So we can see firsthand the many sites around the Philadelphia area, the Bucks County area. We can see these sites and we stand there in awe of them for what we know for them to have been through multiple wars and so on. And we can see them needing our help, needing our attention. And just like our ancestors will cry out to us and want to get messages to us, I think these sites are crying out to us. So this is uh, just admirable that you do this um, for a cause. Um, and the fact that it, it's, you know, we've, we've talked briefly about this, and I'm sure we're going to be posting more on our site, more conversations Absolutely. with you. We will definitely be, we'll be having more conversations with you. But as a police officer and as a paranormal investigator, it's important for you to bring closure to people. And that word may be overused, but being able to give people some kind of comfort or sense of tie to something greater than themselves. As we have just a couple minutes left, John, speak about that as, as an investigator, as a cop, what that does for you and why that's so important. So as, as a police officer, we know that, the world in itself is going through a tough time. There is a war on police and, you know, and, and the community is going through turmoil. I mean, there's, there's killings left and right, whether it's in Philadelphia or Chicago or whatever, you know, with that being said on the police aspect of it, you know, community policing is more needed more than, than, than ever before. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a PowerPoint presentation on community policing. And the only thing I can say, even if there's police officers listening out there, you know, um, just be there for the community. Don't be always out there to lock them up. Be there for them. Listen to their concerns. Um, you know, let them know whatever they're going through. It's okay. Try to be there for them. You know, yeah, you're you're an authoritative figure, but also you can be there as a friend or, or you know, someone that to have a shoulder for. It's a different style of policing out there, and it, this needs to be done to, to make things better for the world and police, police in itself. Well, we would be remiss if we did not, both of us coming from families with police officers, we would be remiss if we did not say, first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. Serving the community. We are 
very appreciative of it. And from our spiritual standpoint, where we are very much as, as psychic mediums, we're very much involved with people looking for connections. Thank you for the work that you're doing, creating those connections. And we're going to continue to stay in touch with you. And we're going to, we're going to hit you up later and say, Hey, listen, we'd love to have you teach some, a class for us, uh, uh, yeah. for our uh, clientele and, and for folks who are interested. So uh, stay tuned at Inspire Chi because we're going to uh, ask John to be um, a speaker at one of our events and perhaps get somebody started on their own paranormal journey from an investigative standpoint. But this has been an absolute pleasure. We are so thrilled. I'm so thrilled because this is one of the topics I wanted from the get-go. Mm -hmm. So thank you, universe. So thank you for your service. Thank you for your participation here today. And thank you for joining Inspired Chi Radio. Thank you for having me. John, this was so fascinating. And we will be front and center for your Sleeping with the Ghost events. Uh, keep in mind, I'm afraid of the dark, but we have time to work that out before October. <laughs> I'll be with you. Maybe you could do a live broadcast from there. Ooh. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more. John, thank you so much. Have a yeah. great night. You too. Thank you so much for listening this week to Inspired Chi Radio. Be sure to join your hosts, Tracy Sanginiti and A.J. Johnsack, for another edition next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Stay inspired.